the spike in the number of Jews fleeing Hitler's Third Reich, which had followed the Anschluss with Austria earlier that year, had finally forced the outside world to take notice of their plight. Germany's Jews had been technically stateless since the promulgation of the Nuremberg Laws of September 1935, which had rendered them merely as subjects of the German state, with no citizenship rights. By 1938, around half of the German Jewish population had already fled, mainly to France, Holland and Palestine. But when, following the annexation of Austria, an additional 200,000 Jews fell under Nazi rule, US President Franklin D. Roosevelt called a conference to discuss how the international community should respond to the crisis. Gathered at Evian were representatives of some 32 nations, primarily from Europe and the Americas, including the US, Britain and France, as well as Mexico and Argentina, and observers from more than 20 voluntary organisations and international bodies, such as the World Jewish Congress and the League of Nations. They were bureaucrats, diplomats and ministers sent to discuss one of the most pressing issues of the day. Yet they can scarcely have imagined how many individual fates would ultimately hinge upon their deliberations. There were a few notable absentees. Germany itself had not been invited. Its absence was considered preferable, as the US Secretary of State Cordell Hull put it, to having to negotiate with a felon. Fascist Italy declined to attend, as did the Soviet Union, which did not see such capitalist squabbling as its responsibility. Other absentees included Poland and Romania, both of which already had large Jewish populations and blemished reputations in their treatment of them, and so were considered unlikely to collaborate in easing the problem. Given the illustrious roll call of participants, one might have imagined that the conference was well-placed to seriously address the issue that had provoked its calling. Yet there was a basic problem. For all the pious concern on display, none of the participant nations actually wanted to open their doors to Jewish refugees from Hitler's Germany. They were content to express sympathy for the plight of German Jews and to discuss what others should perhaps do to help but they were fundamentally unwilling to do anything themselves. The lead in this approach had been given by Roosevelt. The US president's invitation to would-be participants had reassured them that no country would be expected to change its existing immigration regulations and no concrete action on behalf of the refugees was being proposed. Rather, the conference was foreseen merely as the start of a dialogue. Opening proceedings at 4pm on the 6th of July, the American representative Myron Taylor, a bluff New York industrialist and friend of the president, set the tone for much that was to follow. He referred earnestly to the ongoing migration problem, which, he acknowledged, was increasing daily, exacerbated by the international economic slump. But he refrained from either mentioning the Jews specifically or explaining why so many of them were so desperate to leave Germany. It was as if a general crisis of migration was afflicting Hitler's Third Reich, and its cause could not be fathomed. Taylor then admitted that there was not much that could be done. We must admit frankly, he said, that this problem of political refugees is so vast and so complex 
that all that was realistically possible for the meeting was to set in motion the long-term processes that might lead to its eventual amelioration. He closed by proudly announcing that the quota of German refugees that the US would accept for that year would be 27,370. The inattentive delegates present might have imagined that that figure represented an increase over previous years. In truth, it was simply an amalgamation of the existing German and Austrian quotas. The American stance would have delighted the other delegates. If the US, which had called the conference, could retreat behind empty platitudes and mendacity, so could they. Thus relieved of the requirement to actually do anything more than talk, the delegates lined up the following day to praise Roosevelt's humanitarian vision, to express their profoundest sympathies for the dreadful plight of the refugees, 